All right, everybody, welcome back to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and with me again is Frank Ford. Frank, how are you doing? Doing good, James. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about some, uh, some happenings going on in the world of barbell sports and strength sports. And actually, I, you know, I want to run this by you. I'm trying to think of a way to do this. So I want to do solo shows on the podcast. I want to do shows like this where we can just kind of talk about like current events shows. And I want to do the interviews as well. I want to keep doing those, of course. And I kind of feel like they're separate things. I kind of feel like, you know, if you, if you will, the interviews are like the main saga. Those are the main episodes, you know, oh, yeah. like, uh, like in the Star Wars series. The solo shows, those are solo shows. So I, I plan on labeling them as such. I feel like those are outside of the main narrative, the main saga. You know, those are just like separate stories. And I kind of feel like these community events uh, uh, shows are kind of like this in the same ballpark. You know, they're not solo shows. Right. They're not main storyline shows or saga shows. They're kind of like uh, what Disney was doing with the Star Wars, like spinoffs. Yeah. Like Rogue One and, and this Han Solo. They're like, it's, it was like a Star Wars story, quote unquote. Right. So I kind of feel like these are like, uh, um, a barbell story or barbell stories. That's what I was kind of thinking about. Absolutely. What do you think? Is that, is that a good idea? Sure. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Just, just a different way to kind of break it up and differentiate between different shows. I feel like the interviews are like the main storyline and then oh, other yeah. things are separate. Yeah. Those are definitely, um, you know, my favorite episode. I mean, it's most of what you've done so far has been interviews and they've been great. So I think going forward, it's going to, they'll probably be the main, the main course but uh you know these are always fun to sprinkle in a little bit of news and other stuff yeah i like that the main course you know yeah. then you have like a solo show which might be like a little dessert after you know just a little right. those are those are more than likely going to be shorter shows right like like we're talking like 20 minutes of just me talking about a topic or going over some of my thoughts and then there's these community shows mm-hmm. which um you know we're just kind of talking about stories that are going on in our barbell community of weightlifting powerlifting crossfit strongman the whole the whole thing yeah cool. absolutely so this is the first episode of barbell stories right look at that wow this is a historic moment well we're going to talk about all kinds of things but first how's uh how are things going at the gym how are our zoom classes going our uh, classes are going good yeah i had um nine or ten people this morning um we did the uh support your local box workout today um, so that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. So I think this week was the last week of those workouts from CrossFit.com. And um, so we wrapped that up this week, had like 10 people jump on for a Zoom class and they crushed it. I think it was a, it was a 20 minute time cap and everybody was done 10 minutes or less. These guys killed that. So it was really good. Yeah. Sometimes the time caps that CrossFit puts on these are pretty excessive, you know, but I, I think they probably do that because, you know, anyone in the world might be doing it with different right. ability levels and experience. And uh, it might take some people a little longer. And I think, you know, it's like if, if your grandma is doing that support your local box workout, mm-hmm. and she's going through it, you know, she might go through it at a much slower pace. You know, yeah. you can obviously burn through 50 deadlifts and, and no problem, right. uh, but she might have to do 10 and then put it down and then do a couple more and put it down. And as long as she's moving, you know, I, that time cap is just a reference on this is how long we want to take max. If you're moving beyond that, we should maybe cut it down. Yeah. We were talking about this morning, um, me and one of the other coaches and we were saying like, man, these, you know, time caps are like, it's like, why even have a time cap, you know, but then I was thinking, you know, they've 
CrossFit has really done a lot of work in the last year or so of trying to rebrand themselves as being more inclusive. You know, a lot of the videos and whatnot they're putting out have been, you know, geared towards an older demographic, stuff like that. They're trying to make sure that they're not only catering to competitors. So I think having this little kind of, you know, competition, it's not really a competition as far as they're concerned. They're not really putting the focus on the competing. They're just putting the focus on supporting your local affiliate. So, you know, I, you know, I don't want to put too much emphasis on things like time caps and whatnot. I just want everybody to have a good time. And I think that's kind of their goal. Yeah. There's definitely a time and a place for a time cap. You know, I know when we get back to the gym, you know, uh, these time caps will probably go away. It's kind of like, you know, the time cap becomes like a safety net, you know, for everybody, but it also sometimes masks um, poor coaching where you should be able to run a class and effectively relay the stimulus of the workout and the time frames, and then scale everybody and work with everybody so that they finish within a general range of time on what you're trying to get out of the workout yeah. instead of just kind of falling back on that time cap and just cutting everybody off. You know, I know at, at Albany CrossFit, we relied for quite a while on time caps. And then that was something that for the coaching staff to grow and then the community to grow and everyone to get better is get rid of the time cap. It's like, yeah. no, no, no what is our intent for the day and how can we all work to achieve that intent? Right. Yeah. We're, we're very much the same way. We've shifted a lot more away from the time cap to more of a target time, you know, like, so we know as a coach that this workout, no matter how you modify or scale it, if you do it appropriately for what the intended stimulus of the workout is, it should take you, for example, 15 to 18 minutes to finish. And so while it's not necessarily a cap, we still get everyone to finish roughly within a, you know, acceptable window of time from each other, um, you know, to be able to keep us on schedule and make sure that they're getting the workout that we planned for, you know, yeah. without having to stop anybody without finishing, you know? Yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's a time and a place to stop them and there's a time and a place to let them go. Yeah. I like, I like to do the wad math. People hate when you do the math for them. It's like, yeah. how many burpees will this really be? It's like, okay, you see 10, but we're doing 10 rounds. That's a hundred right. burpees. Exactly. You know, or we got a workout coming up later in the week. You may have seen it already because you followed the same programming, I believe. Uh, this is going to be 25 strict pull-ups per round. Right. That's 75 strict pull-ups. That's not just 25. It's not what you see at face value. Yeah. You have to consider the entire thing. And that's when the coaching comes into play. Well, how long should they take? You know, like giving people a time frame where they can look at the clock and use the clock as a tool. Okay, he wants me to be able to get these strict pull-ups done in three minutes or less. And I look at the right. clock. This is the first thing we're doing. I'm five minutes in. I'm in the weeds already. I'm behind. That means if I keep this up and it does take me five minutes to do the pull-ups every round, that's 15 minutes of the workout gone with just the pull-ups. Doesn't even account the running or the other things coming up. So. Right. Yeah. You've got to nip that stuff in the bud early um, with not necessarily with your athlete, but as a coach, kind of with yourself, like making sure that you're laying the expectations out. Um, for the athlete, you know, as you're explaining the workout and kind of, you know, like you said, like I watched a lot of your videos um, from home recently when you were setting up the, uh, you know, kind of doing the whiteboard for your athletes um, for the workouts of the day and stuff like that. And uh, I sent them around to a couple of the other coaches, you know, cause it, it was a good opportunity to learn some tips for whiteboarding workout and how you laid out, you know, exactly what you expected and, and the way you broke down every little thing with the workout. Um, you know, it sets it up so that there's no, question you know that they get like you said they go through the first round they know where they need to be that they're not 
you know, three rounds deep into a workout and 10 minutes behind where they're supposed to be before it finally clicks that they're, you know, kind of attacked it wrong. Yeah. It's, it's been quite the experience doing those videos and it, I'm kind of in a nice groove with it mm-hmm. where you've probably noticed I have the video kind of broken up into like, if there is like some kind of announcement I need to make or a reminder, I do that up front. Then I, I say what the workout is. I have it written on my little whiteboard. And then I go over the intended stimulus for the whole workout and each piece, then the scaling and then um, the, what the score is. And then finally at the very end of the video, you know, if you need help, reach out, which a lot of people have commented that it's really helping them, you know, right. it, it, at least in a sense of giving some kind of a normalcy where you can watch me do the video and see what the workout's about and then do your home workout if you can't come to class. And it's kind of like, that's as close as we can get to the real deal without, you know, you coming to online class. And my, my main reason for doing that was one to maintain that normalcy in our community. Mm-hmm. But also I knew there were going to be a lot of people who can't or won't come to the online classes and they at least need to be in the know. You know, right. I felt like it would have been irresponsible for me to put a workout on the, on Wattify and nothing else and just notes yeah. to read and, you know, without that guidance. Right. No, yeah, it's a, it's a great tip and um, definitely definitely useful. So I can see the value in that for sure. Yeah, you guys are you, are you guys should do some for are you guys doing them for Sona? Um, so what I'm what I'm doing is we're kind of on a like a reverse um, program. So my people that can't or won't do the CrossFit class, um, they're actually almost kind of on a day behind. So what I do is I record every Zoom class and they will tune in and watch. I post a Zoom class to our private Facebook and they'll watch the Zoom class, watch me go over the whiteboard with everyone, watch me break down. I'll play the videos, share my screen, play videos of the movement demonstration, blah, blah, blah. Um, we'll run through all the intended stimulus, everything like that. And then they'll also have the opportunity to see any questions anyone else had that maybe they didn't think of, um, you know, kind of go, go through and see how we help the people that could tune in, help them set up their scaling and, and, you know, their options for modification based on the equipment they have at home, stuff like that. Um, and then if they want to, they can work right out along with the recording or they can shut it off and go do their own thing. So they're, they're sort of a day behind, but you know, they seem to like it that way. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's, I've seen so many different ways of people doing them. You know, a lot of people are doing like Facebook live stuff yeah. where they'll kind of do the same thing or they'll just Facebook live it. You know, we do the live Zoom classes and the briefing in advance, so it comes out the night before. So any way you can get content out to your community right now is, yeah. is really important. It's all about communication and just reaching out to people, seeing how they're doing, and if anything, just making sure they're working out. Because like we've had some people, kind of like um, some of the older people who I was most concerned with that they were going to stop, you know, and, and they did. Yeah. You know, I, I sent them a message, hey, are you, are you, you haven't seen you in online class are you doing these at home? And they're like, ah, nah, you know, I've just been kind of doing household projects and stuff. So there's, there's some right. people who I've just written a personal program for. And yeah. it's just like, okay, here's three days a week. It's not constantly varied. It, you know, I, I know that you have two 20 pound dumbbells at home. I know you have this cardio equipment and I know what you can do in class. So here's what I need you to do on day one, two, and three. You know, I like to do day one, two, three. And right. it's like the, just something to keep them consistent something they can print out and look at every day. And then if they need to call me, if they need to zoom me in, we can do that. But it's just making sure people keep moving, you know, because right now it's so easy just to stop, you know, and then that's going to make it so much harder when you come back or you may never come back, which is another fear. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely don't want to lose any members over this. And, you know, I, I think people will make their way back to the nervousness and uncertainty and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to, you know, take time to get over all that, but you know, we'll yeah. have to keep fighting. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Well, talking about these support your local box workouts, what, what are your opinion on, what's your opinion on the workouts themselves? So um, far? I mean, you know, I, I think, I think they did um, the workout. I mean, they were all short was the one thing that, you know, I saw the 20 minute time cap when they announced the workout on Friday. And I was like, okay, cool. A longer one, you know, cause the first two weeks were very, very short. Um, and I think they were programmed to be that way. And then this one, I saw 20 minutes and I was like, all right, cool. But then I read the workout and I was like, there's no way that takes 20 minutes. Um, so I wish that there was a way to maybe figure out a, a longer workout, whether it have been, you know, a, you know, a 15 or 20 minute AMRAP or something like that. Um, I don't think that that would have been, you know, too hard to program. Um, but you know, I, I think overall what the workouts were, were pretty decent. I don't, I, I wouldn't have looked at them in my normal programming if the gym were open and been like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, I think, I think they had value, especially for the situation we're in right now. You know, I, I thought they were, were decent. Yeah, I think they're decent too, you know, and I, I realize that CrossFit's trying to cater to two camps mm-hmm. where you have like the, the competitive crowd or the people who have the equipment available to them. And, but then they're also trying to cater to people who have no equipment at all. And maybe your mom or your grandma is kind of hopping into this. I think I would have liked to have seen, you know, maybe they do it again, like a workout that involves no equipment. You know, and yeah. like like the last one we just did, like there's box step ups, and it's like, all right, come on, like we're doing yeah. step ups, you know. And the second one had double unders, and the first one had you know RX fifty pound and thirty five pound dumbbells. I would like to see it just like watered down, or maybe not watered down is the wrong word. Maybe just kind of boil it down to a little bit more, just like like straight up, even more classic CrossFit. Like we're talking like yeah. a, a Cindy style, you know pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, maybe some sit-ups in there, just body weight thing that something that everyone can do. Yeah. It's CrossFit supposed to be for everybody. It's supposed to be an inclusive program. So when I see stuff like double on like 175, 50 double unders and step-ups, you know, that doesn't really make me feel it's an inclusive workout. No, no. And I agree. I, you know, like I said, I think they're trying to, or like you said, I think they're trying to cater to a bunch of different people. Um, but I think in a situation like this, you kind of have to cater to the people that need to be catered to, which are the people that don't have anything. You know, I think for the people that do have access to equipment, not much has changed. You know, if they've got a full garage gym at home, I mean, what's really changed for them, you know, like they can do everything and anything that somebody with no equipment can do. It's, it's kind of the vice versa that you have to figure out. So yeah, like a more body weight workout would have been, would have been good to see. Or it would have been the perfect, perfect time to do a run. Like we talked about that. Yeah. You yeah. can't do it in the open. Okay. No. Understandable. But like, let's, I would have done a 200 meter run, something Absolutely. super short, you know, like, like anyone can kind of maybe get themselves going with that. And then of course you could scale it down to a hundred meters or 50 meters or something like that. But I think right. something outside the normal box of tools, so to say, would have been interesting, even like a, like a farmer's carry. It's like, all right. Yeah. Or, or even like if they would have just said, Hey, straight up, this is going to be a backpack 
uh, a walk or a backpack row or something like that. Like most people have some kind of a pack. They're like, we want you to load it up with stuff, put it on your scale, weigh it, and then do that. I would have liked to have seen the odd objects trickle into what the main workout's going to be. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, we talked about that. I remember saying like this would be a good time to try some stuff that we haven't seen in the open because I feel like the open is very about it's very much about you know um, the the movement standards and and uh, they're you know they're really strict on stuff and they kind of loosened loosened the reins a little bit with this um, format. They weren't so worried about you know what the scaled weight is or or what your modifications were as far as like you know from a judge's perspective. You know, so doing something like like running or something like that would have been would have been fun to see if they could work that in. Yeah, and since since we're not worrying about judging, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. We're not really worrying about judging or who's winning this, so to say. It would have been a great time to kind of teach the community that you can do fitness anywhere with anything. Right. And that's where I think, you know, like, okay, we're doing a backpack dealio, you know, like whatever it's gonna be, or or uh, some uh, heavy gallon jug carries or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would have uh, been, that would have been fun. What would have, should have, could have, you know, like who knows, yeah. maybe it'll, it'll, it'll change eventually. Next yeah. pandemic. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> oh gosh. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> well, speaking about CrossFit, you know, CrossFit's popping up in the news a lot. The CrossFit games oh, yeah. are maybe kind of sort of going to happen. Like we don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if this is like CrossFit, like flexing. They're like, Hey, look, we're tough we're the bad boy on the scene. We're still going to have the games. No one can shut us down. And that the news that came out is that they're moving it from Madison, uh, Wisconsin, back to the original location of the first CrossFit games, uh, the ranch at Aromas, California. And there's going to be no spectators. I don't even know if they're going to stream it. You know, uh, I don't right. know how they're going to get all the competitors there when travel is so restricted, uh, especially for international travel. I just don't know how that's going to go. Right. Uh, what do you what do you think about all this? Well, I think it's going to be kind of wild. The first thing I thought about was all these new changes that happened last year and how big the field got. You know, they had well over a hundred uh, competitors, whereas you know before it was I don't I think they when they were back at the ranch it was like twenty or thirty of each gender competing, and now they're going to have you know three times that amount. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do to accommodate that large of a competition because they didn't say anything about scaling down the number of invites like as far as i know it's still going to be the same thing we saw last year so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they if they can pull off something like that with all these restrictions that are going on um you know if they can get that get that approved to be that they're even allowed to do it and then if they are you know how, how do they handle that many competitors yeah you know, it's uh crossfit, crossfit seems to keep things always pretty close to the chest Mm -hmm. They don't show their cards, you know, they'll give one little piece of information at a time and it drives all of us crazy because we, we want to know. We're like, all right, oh my yeah. God, the, the games are still going to happen. That seems impossible. How many people are you going to have there? How many events will there be? Will there be cuts? You know, like, we want right. to know all, all this stuff and they're just like, no, we're still going to do it. It's going to, it's going to be in aromas and that's it. You know, they leave yeah. you in the dark wondering and then, you know, that leads people to critique them and, and make bad comments and stuff. Uh, what do you think about the talk that it could be an online competition? Does that seem legitimate? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, with the open, it's one thing um, because there's so many people, um, you know, and, you're, and it's only like one step to get to the games. But I think once you finally get to the games, 
Like we've seen how many times a judge's call has changed the outcome of an event. You know, like, like if that, yeah. if there wasn't a judge there to see Brooke or Vellner step on that line during the sprint last year, they would have made the cut to the next round, you know, but they instead ended up setting themselves up to get cut out because a judge saw them step on the line. So if you take that and like look at it in the macro of like, you need judges and now we're making an online competition. So now, you know, like what level is the judging going to be? I, I don't, it wouldn't hold the same weight in my opinion. Yeah. It'd be, you know, I mean, I would still expect, you know, Frazier and Tia to probably win it, but then like, if they don't, there's always going to, it's almost like a, it's almost like when someone becomes the heavyweight champion of the world, like in boxing or something, because mm-hmm. someone retired or something like, like right. what was the term paper champion? Yeah. You know, it's not legit. Cause you didn't like win it on the field. It's just totally different when you're there toe to toe side to side in the lanes with those other people yeah. versus going, you know, and doing it in your home gym. And you either have a judge who is very biased towards you. They're probably going to be your significant other or your best friend or something, you know, in right. town. And it's also, it's like all your equipment, you know, is everyone using the same stuff? It's not the same in terms of environment. You know, if, if you're a dude who's, you know, um, in maybe a high altitude place, you know, and you, or you're in a hotter climate, colder climate, who knows? Mm-hmm. It's just different. You know, it just seems like too many variables to do that online. Well, that, and then also you talk about the, you know, we were talking a minute ago about the equipment, right? Like, I mean, a lot of the implements and, and movements and things like that they use, a lot of the stuff that they use for the games and a lot of the reason the games is so fun to watch because you always wonder what the new thing is going to be. And so you're not going to get that if it comes to an online thing. You know, they're not going to wheel out this giant block called the pig and you have to flip it down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to have to there's simplify. Not gonna be, it's yeah. going to be very simplified and it's going to, you know, I mean, yes, you'll, they'll still find a way to find out who the fittest is and, you know, go from there. But I mean, you're as a spectator, uh, you know, it's not going to really, if it goes to an online thing, it's not going to be on my radar that much. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you would spectate, you know, like, especially if you have like, see, it's just the logistics would be crazy. Cause like, yeah. let, let's say you even narrow it down to like, 20 guys 20 ladies or even 10 that's 10 different streams you have to have going or somehow pair them all up together you know and everyone's watching or they do it individual and you have to watch all the individual you know people go and then then you have to kind of calibrate all the scores and figure out okay well how did everyone do do you think maybe something like uh rogue just sends like a package to every competitor you know if they have like a low number like all right CrossFit contacts rogue. They're like, Hey, we, have, we're only gonna have 10 guys, 10 ladies. It's the top 10 from last year. That's it there. That's what we did somehow, which people would be very angry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they send all those people, the specific equipment they must use for this event. You can't use, you know, uh, your, the other stuff you have, you know, if you, even if you have a, the same rogue bar, it has to be this rogue bar. We have to watch you open it. We have to watch you unwrap your wall ball. Do you think something like that could happen? I mean, it could. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I, I think that's, like you said, a lot of logistic stuff to like worry about. And then, there, like you said, there's just always going to be that asterisk. Now, does I, I mean, we've seen in the past, CrossFit doesn't care 
what anybody thinks like they're doing what yeah. they're going to do whether you like it or not so i mean if that's the way they're going to go they're going to do it and they're going to go 100 percent, and they'll figure out a way to make it work you know a lot of people last year did not like or think that this new format was going to work and it seemed to work out just fine i you know i don't have a problem with who ended up on the podium at the games last year i think they figured it out um you know but i mean you're never going to please anybody right or everybody no. right so it's like it's it's hard to get everybody on board. So, you know. I think it would be interesting. And I wonder if this will eventually happen. Let's say they do decide to have the games like, Hey, it's not online. It's going to be in aromas. If like your top tier people are like, no, we're not doing that. This is dumb. Uh, we should just reschedule it. So your, your Frasers, your Tia's, you know, and like the other, the rest of the, let's say the top 10, they're like, no, we're not doing it. I, I kind of feel like at that point, if you're CrossFit, you kind of have to cancel it if your stars are saying no, because then you definitely have an illegitimate champion, you know, like, and who wants yeah. to win that way? Like who wants to be the guy or the lady who wins the CrossFit games for 2020 and you won because of the circumstances that we're all going through. And because the top athletes were like, no, this isn't safe. This isn't something we should be doing. We disagree if your decision, we're not coming and weren't even a part of the composition. I know I wouldn't feel good about it. If somehow it dropped all the way down the open leaderboard to James McDermott got an invite, I'd yeah. be like, I don't, I don't know if I should do this. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally agree that like, I mean, right now, you know, like Matt and Tia have that target on them. Like everybody's gone in for those guys because um, they just keep winning and, and that's who they want to beat. So I feel like whoever, you know, unless they show up and, you know, whoever it is that wins, unless they beat those guys, I think, you know, there would always be that question mark, that asterisk, that, that little thing in the back of their head that's saying, ah, you know, I wish I had, had beat them, you know? Yeah, that's right. You don't want to be the one with the asterisk next to your name. And it's kind of like everyone knows, you know, yeah. which for the record, if, if I got an invite, I would go, I would go and, <laughs> and then I would flounder through the workouts, you know, probably not meet the minimum standard on any of it. But then at the end, if, if James McDermott is CrossFit Games champion, that's probably the only shot I ever had. Yeah, take, so, take the check at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> all right, I would do it because that's me. You know, I'm not a serious competitor. I would do it because I think it's funny, and and it's the only shot I've ever gotten. I'm just gonna do it. You know. Uh, yeah. But then again, I probably the only way I could get out to Aromas, California, is probably to drive across country, which that doesn't seem worth it either. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Yeah, it's um. I don't know. It's good. It, it actually, um, it, it, I mean, I guess for me, the, the biggest thing with this whole crossword thing is like deep down, I want the games to happen. So I'm a little biased to like any other alternative, I guess. Like I, I just want to see the competition. Like if I don't see that dead sprint finish for the finish line and guys diving over the line, trying to get that chip timer across and stuff like if it's just, if it's not that, then you know, in, in the back of my head, I'm just, you know, is it really worth it if you're not putting on the show that everybody wants, you know? Yeah. You know? And, and, and see, I don't know why, you know, there's so many events, you know, like some of the weightlifting meets that we're going to, that are just getting rescheduled to later on in the year. I don't know why they can't just beg, okay, look, the games is going to happen in October this year. Sorry. It's just what's going to happen. Everyone will understand the world might be opened up at that point. And then you either do the open simultaneously yeah do the open simultaneously because all those games athletes 
it doesn't matter for them really the open they're going to go to all the other sanctionals that are going to happen and if they're going to the games next year they're going to get an invite and they're going to they're going to lock that away you know and there's, and there's nothing saying you couldn't time in you know the first workout of the the first workout of the games to be an open workout there you um, go yeah talk about in, in being inclusive right i mean what better way to be inclusive than to have the same workout at your box program for today, the same one that they're doing at the games. Right. So, I mean that, and then, you know, we're used to the open being in February anyway. So I think if you bump the open to February, you're not really setting yourself back. Yeah. We're just going back to kind of old ways because we have to, you know, if Dave Castro is listening to this right now, Dave, like let's, let's have, like, we could still have the open in October, the first week in October, whatever it is. And we can have the games in October. And like Frank said, you know, have the first event or one of the events be that open workout and everybody's happy and, and no one had to be left out, you know, more than likely. And, uh, and we can have our cake and eat it too. Yep. And everyone will understand. I, but I think what people won't understand though, is if it's severely cut down field, if it's limited, people don't get the opportunity to compete because they can't travel from Australia or wherever they're coming from. And then now everybody's upset, you know, just because you wanted to do it when, when you wanted to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. I totally have much easier time understanding moving it or even canceling it than making the competition a shell of what it was, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that being said, let's say it does go down. It goes to aromas. I feel like the programming would have to be vastly different. Obviously they're not going to be able to get like, all kinds of weird objects from rogue and stuff like that. Cause rogue is making, you know, ventilators and face masks and stuff like yeah. that. You know, uh, I don't think that it's going to be high on their radar to make some kind of new equipment. So they'd have to deal with what they have. I think maybe if from a programming standpoint, you go back to more classic CrossFit. Like if you look at the first games, the, the first games was just three events. Event one was a thousand meter row right into five rounds of 25 pull-ups and seven push jerks at 135.95. Then they did a trail run, about a 5K. And then they did the CrossFit total, one rep max, back squat, bend, uh, uh, strict press, and deadlift. So it's like, I, I would like to see it kind of like, obviously you'd need more events, but I would like to see things that like are more, you know, classic style CrossFit workouts, if this was going to go down. No, I totally agree. And I think that's the way they'll have to do it. Like, like you said, they're not going to have... I can't imagine they would have access to as much equipment and obviously like the space and the stadium and just the setup they have out in Madison is kind of built around CrossFit right now. So they just, they're not going to have access to that. So they'll have to do the best with what they have. And, you know, I think that's going to lead them back to, like you said, a more traditional CrossFit uh, program. Yeah. You know, and you've seen it lately in our, in the programming, you know, over the last few months to a year has gone a lot more towards you know their traditional definition of of crossfit a lot more body weight stuff and you know a lot of the uh original you know kind of old school movements and workouts yeah i think you you keep it simple maybe even you bust in like a bunch of the old classic workouts you know or maybe just have them do them all you know just do all of them do a couple yeah. like they could do murph again you know they did murph so i'm Everyone, sure they have yeah. some us there do murph again have them all do Fran, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Or just look back in the last month of dot-com programming and just do that kind of like they did for the first event at the 
the the last games where they posted it the night before with that rope climb snatch workout. Yep. Dot com. It'll be interesting. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be fun, but um, hope, I'm hoping it goes down full scale, but I mean, you know, obviously everybody's health and safety is priority number one. So, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see them sacrifice that just to do this competition. No, I, I don't want to see judges with face mask and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I, I want to hopefully be past that at that point. So f- final verdict, Frank, what do you think? CrossFit games, ha- like, what do you think is going to happen? My prediction for whether it'll go down, it's usually what end of July, right? Yeah, end um, of July, I think early August, somewhere's in there. Yeah, I think I think Castro will find a way to pull it off. I think they'll do it. You think they're gonna do it? They're gonna have it in Aromas. Yeah, I mean they already made the announcement that it's coming back to Aromas. You know, they're usually ones that, you know, they they plant their feet and stand their ground and do what they gotta do. So, you know, unless some governmental body gets in the way, I think I think it's going to happen. I think, um, I think that's more where I'm leaning. I think it will still happen. It will still happen in 2020. Uh, there will be a 2020 champion in games. It's not going to be online. That seems insane. Uh, I think right now this is a flex from CrossFit because they like to go against the grain. You know, they like to be rebels and rogues uh, and they're very contrarian in that way. So I think they're just saying this now. I think they will try to do it. And then I think what will happen is the California government will not lock them down. Kind of like how uh, MMA got locked down. You know, they were going to do fight Island for a while and and finally that, that went off the, out the window. So yeah. I, I think they will say that they're going to do it. And then I think it'll get moved to late September, early October, hopefully with the scenario that you mentioned and we talked about. Yeah, I agree. That'd be great. That's, that's my thought. Well, uh, speaking about controversial topics and things happening online and whatnot, there's also the strongman dealio. Right? Oh yeah, I watched the I watched the videos, and for anyone listening who doesn't really follow strongman, uh, Half Thor Bjornsson, the mountain from Game of Thrones, is trying to break the world deadlift record and deadlift 501 kilograms, and the current record being 500 kilograms, and the current record holder is Eddie Hall. And he, Half Thor, he announced that he's going to try to break this record in his home gym online. And he's going to get a a judge, someone out there to watch it. He's going to live stream it. And uh, Eddie Hall's on him. And many in the strongman community are on him about not doing it. It's illegitimate. It's not good for the sport. But he seems pretty dead set on doing it. Frank, what do you think about this? Um, I mean, I hope he does it. Um, you know, cause a 501 kilo deadlift would just be awesome to watch. Um, but I personally, I wouldn't consider it a world record. I think there's a lot of other things that go into, you know, kind of the judging behind it. So I can see the point that a lot of people have, um, you know, reservations about, you know, cause I guess the consensus is, you know, he announced I'm doing this and everybody's assuming that he's going to be considering it you know, an official world record because he's getting Magnus and Magnuson out there to judge it and all this other stuff. Um, you know, so I, I guess that everybody's thinking that he's going to count it as an official world record. And that's kind of where the controversy lies is like, is it official? It, would it be official or would it not be official? You know, a 501 kilo deadlift. Um, 
So Thor, Thor hasn't, he hasn't said whether or not he's going to count it. <clears throat> I, he called it a, um, his uh, attempt it is a, uh, he listed it in his Instagram as a world record attempt. So it sounds to me like he is considering it as a world record. And it looks like I actually pulled up his original um, post and he put an edit to the bottom of the post saying this will be recognized as world record and there will be an official judge there to make the call. Um, wow. He held okay. the same high standard that competitions are. He'll be making the attempt with a suit figure eight straps and a deadlift bar. Um, so, I mean, sounds to me like he's counting it as a world record. Um, you know, I mean, you can hold it to as high of a standard as you want to. It's not a competition. And that's usually at least from what we're used to in weightlifting, world records have to be set at competition. So. Yeah. It's um, well, the, I think, I think um, uh, what's the big guy, Dan uh, or uh, Shaw. Brian Shaw, yeah. Brian Shaw, there we go. I think Brian Shaw said it best. I watched his video, and he's you know, his video was great. He seems so presidential. Like 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 yeah. I know people are like lobbying because like in in strongman they don't have a governing body, right. or president or like a council that kind of makes decisions for the sport. Which right now they would be making a decision. That dude should be in charge. Like he's got the respect of the athletes. He's a four time world champion. He's well-spoken, he's educated, and he, this seemed, his interview was very unbiased. He just laid out the facts, and I'm like, this makes total sense what you're saying. And he, he said that in competition, you don't get to do the deadlift when you want to do the deadlift or any right. of the other events. You're kind of at the mercy of the lifting order, when the other guys go, what kind of jumps they're making, uh, and all, all that stuff. So you, you might do an attempt and a bunch of people jump and now you got to go again, you want yep. more rest, you know? So I, I think that makes perfect sense that it's not a competitive setting. And that could mean the difference between making lift or not making lift. We know that from weightlifting, right? Like right. Uh, at, at your last meet, we had to wait 10 minutes before we did our last clean and jerk. And right. it's like, would it have been different had you been able to go with only seven minutes of wait, five minute wait? Uh, if you had to go and do that at last attempt, with only one minute of rest because everyone else jumped. Right. Both of us would have been like, oh shit, that that that's not good. You know, we don't we obviously want more than a minute of rest. So all that stuff plays into it, just the flow of the competition. Yeah, and it, it to me it it's about not just what can you physically do, but what can you mentally handle too, you know? A lot of time these world records are not set just for the sake of setting a world record, but I mean sometimes there's a gold medal on the line, things like that. I mean there's you know, because at the end of the day, like if I'm at the Arnold and I'm trying to win an Arnold, trying to win the Arnold, you know, the gold medal for the competition is the most important thing. And then if I get the opportunity to set a world record, great. You know, sometimes I'll need to set a world record to win that gold. And then there's that additional pressure. Like there's just a bunch of different like mental aspects that are going to get lumped on that he's not going to have to deal with you know, he's not, he's taking this 501 attempt and there's not a nine other strongmen behind him trying to win points and and you know beat him and push him and all this other stuff there's no stress it's like you make the lift or you don't yeah or or the fact that it's not one event of many and you right. have to kind of budget your energy and your your what you're going for you might have to take second place on the deadlift event because you're trying to win the title world's strongest man and yeah. if you go for another one you might be toast 
for the next event because you you know you're recovering you know what your body's capable of versus just a one-off in your house where you can literally after setting the the world record go and lay down on your couch and watch tiger king you know like that's like (laughs) that's like not the same you know of course you can just empty the tank on that one deadlift well, and plus, I mean, how empty is your tank already when you're at competition, right? Because you didn't just come off of a log press and an anvil toss and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? And then you have to go pull this deadlift. Like you're coming in on fresh legs, trained. You're not, you know, he's training for this deadlift right now. Like I can't, I don't know what else this training looks like, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot that goes into it, you know? So you're not on fresh legs going into that competition as it is. Um, now, I, I believe Eddie set his record at a low, I wouldn't call it a lower level event, but it wasn't like world strongest man. Um, it was at like a giants live, which is like the, the tour, like the strongman tour. Yeah. And I guess like if you place or win, I, I don't know all the details because I'm not super into the strongman, but they use that tour to qualify for world strongest man competition. So I guess Eddie broke the record at one of those events over in Europe. Um, so he had to go through like a whole, it was, you know, a whole tournament of events, you know, and then had to go out, set that lift and set the world record. And then, you know, still have to go finish the competition afterwards. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know, to me, it's different. Well, let's, let's play devil's advocate because there's, mm-hmm. there's two sides to every story. Right. I understand where Thor is coming from. Yeah. He, because he's been prepping for this. Like you don't just, roll out of bed and deadlift 501 kilograms. Like he's ever since Eddie set that record, Thor has been prepping for it. So that's several years. I think, I think I saw in one interview, he's been prepping for this since 2016. So, okay. He's, he's peaking now. He, he knows he can do it or he believes he can do it. He's, his body is ready. And for something like that to have to wait six more months or a whole year to the next event that comes up that's that's asking a lot especially because he wants to be able to move on in his training and who knows the toll i can't imagine the toll training for that hot heavy of a deadlift puts on your body so obviously he he wants to be done with it right move on with his life mm-hmm. um so i can see that point and i can also see the point on he he just got the of his attempt picked up by espn so it's not going to be just him live streaming it on his Instagram or Facebook. ESPN is going to show it on TV. And now Strongman, I kind of feel like Strongman out of all the strength sports is the most underground one. Like people know about powerlifting, like people do powerlifting in high school and they do meets in high school and they are exposed to it or they at least use the lifts in training. People know weightlifting now because of CrossFit and it's gained popularity. It's becoming more of a lifetime sport that people are involved in. People, of course, know CrossFit, uh, but Strongman kind of seems like, you know, the, 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 the one that hasn't gotten the biggest exposure. They don't even air the World's Strongest Man live. I believe that it's done in May, and then they put out the footage months later where you can mm-hmm. finally see it, and you watch it on ESPN after the fact. And so, like, someone might win the title of World's Strongest Man, and I could be wrong on this. This is just what I think I've heard. They, they can't say that they're the world's strong. They can't just blow it up on their social media. They have to wait because of all the broadcasting rights for when they show it, then they can say, yeah, I'm the world's strongest man, even though they've been the world's strongest man for a couple months already. That, and you're certainly not seeing strongman gyms, you know, which there are weightlifting, CrossFit and powerlifting gyms. 
And I kind of feel like there should be strongman gyms. I think that'd be badass. Like that'd be something completely set outside the norm. You know, yeah. strongman is very reminiscent and close to CrossFit. You know, it's large loads, you know, intensely over time. Uh, it's, 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 it's almost the definition or part of the definition of CrossFit. Right. So I can kind of see that something like this with a guy who was on Game of Thrones and it's on ESPN, it's live, everyone's at home, nothing to do, could also blow up the sport. So I see his side of it. And I also see the side of like, this could be a good thing for the exposure of Strongman. Yeah. And like, without getting too much into the, the personal things that are also are going on, I guess, from what I've read and stuff, because I don't, Obviously, I don't know either of these guys. They're, you know, I don't have any, you know, ground to stand on when it comes to talking about what their personal views towards each other are, you know. But I think a lot of this is getting blown up because they have some sort of friction and animosity between the two of them, you know, whatever the grounds for that are. Um, you know, my my dead honest opinion is, you know, obviously let him do the lift. You know, he can call it whatever he wants, um, but you know, I I think that. For it to be a world record, it has to be in competition. If ESPN wants to pick it up and show it, because it's still an amazing feat of strength, I'll watch. That's fine. Like, you know, I, I, I want to see it. Um, you know, but I personally don't think it's a – I wouldn't count it as a world record, and I guess that's kind of where I'm at on, on the whole situation. Now, yeah. you know, it could blow up the sport. I, you know, I think he's focused on the record and beating Eddie. I don't think – he's really focused on blowing up strongman. You know, I mean, he's been doing this no. since, you know, 2011, I think he's been competing. So, I mean, he's, you know, I can't imagine he wants to be doing this for a whole lot longer. So I think he's just trying to get his world record before he gets out. And, um, you know, so I don't know if he's really doing it for the growth of the sport as much as he is for doing it for himself. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, to, to speak on that in order to, to deadlift 501 kilograms, it has to be all for you. You have to be super selfish. You have to, you know, like there's no way that's happening with putting others before you and whatnot and getting yeah. to that level. You know, athletes have to be selfish and self-focused. And I know there is a lot of bad blood between them and it's probably coming from because, you know, it is Eddie's record and he of course went about it a different way. So he's feeling slighted that it's not done in the right way on what, the competitors feels the right way. And I haven't seen any other competitors say, no, Eddie should do this. This is good. I mean, uh, a Thor should do this. Um, so he's definitely probably not putting the sport ahead of that. I think that would just be like a, like an after effect. Type yeah. of thing on people looking into strongman more. Uh, I do. I will say that what Brian Shaw said as well, and this makes a lot of sense is that how do you close the door on it after the fact? Like now guys can go for like, log uh, you know log world records and pull world records of care pulling trucks and stuff like when, when can you tell someone no 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 uh you see your circumstance is different like four was allowed to set a world record at home but you can't um, right and, and these guys regularly in their training set world records all yeah. the time but none of it ever ever counted i crossfitters probably do that all the time and i know weightlifters do that you know you know for sure some of these weightlifters have like snatched and clean and jerked well above the world record totals but in competition they don't they don't do it it's like a game of inches mm -hmm. so it's uh i think that once you open the door you can't close it yeah no i totally agree it's like it's gonna be you're gonna definitely crack open the floodgates to uh a whole lot of 
a whole lot of uh, controversy and a lot of people, you know, wanting to set records and, you know, the, and, you know, you, like you said before, you're talking about a, a sport that doesn't have a governing body. Right. So now you've got all these competitors that are going to want to set records. It's like who handles all that? Yeah. You know, you're just going to have these guys just flying judges out of nowhere. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. You know, and then at one point, where, where does it at, what, at what point does it be? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, that's the thing with competition, especially when money and fame are on the line. At what point do I, James McDermott, you know, nobody to the sport of strongman call out Frank Ford, who's this world renowned judge. And I'm like, Hey Frank, uh, you dropped your envelope. And you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Sorry. Drop my envelope. And you put it in your breast pocket and it's filled with a bunch of crisp bills. And then I set a new, a new world record, you know, uh, corruption comes into, into most things, you know, when there's money, fame and legacies on the line. And I think if you're doing it in a competition, that's one way to thwart that. If it can be done at any time and at anyone's home and things like that. And on individual basis, I think you leave yourself open to more corruption coming in, especially in a sport that doesn't have a governing body. But then again, even with a sport that has a governing body, like look at weightlifting is a perfect example of corruption. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, you know, where do you draw the line and what are you, what are you saying when you are encouraging and allowing that to happen? But I mean, I guess like who's going to say no, right? Because they don't have a governing body. So who's going to tell them not to? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I think, I think you and I, you and I back, backseat driving the sport of powerlifting. Uh, Brian Shaw, once he eventually retires, he, he should probably be the guy in charge, I feel. And, and, and I'll, but I'll, to say with that, I don't think any one person should be in charge. I think that's when you also run into problems. I think there should be like a council or a group of people that are involved. And Brian Shaw should be a part of it. And he should definitely be like a face and a representative of the sport. I feel like he talks for the people. He's very well-spoken. And I think he would do a really good job with it and have everyone's interest in mind. Uh, and that video, everything he was talking about, I'm like, yeah, this all makes sense. And he talked himself about how he set world records in his gym and he would never want any of those to count. And I believe him. I don't think he's just saying that. You know, I don't think he's like a politician saying one thing when he really, you know, would do the other. I think I honestly believe him. Yeah, no, he was, that video is really, I guess, diplomatic would be would be the word that I could yeah. use to describe it. Like he was very diplomatic, um, you know, but, and I, and I watched a couple other videos from um, other, other strongmen that maybe aren't as well known as he and Eddie and Thor. Um, and they all said like, yeah, we look up to Brian, you know, he's got our, I, I guess like when you look at some of like the more mainstream sports, like football and basketball, stuff like that, they have players unions and things like that, that, um, you know, they have like an athlete representative. And I think that, you know, they need somebody like Brian to fill that role to kind of, you know, bridge the gap between whatever governing body they end up getting if they do get one and the athletes. I think he'd be a perfect, perfect person for that kind of role. Definitely. Well, we both agree that it shouldn't count as a world record. Mm -hmm. We both agree though, that we want to see it. We want to see the spectacle because no one in human history that we know of has ever deadlifted, picked up that amount of weight. Uh, Here's the question though. Do you think he's going to do it? I think so. 
I think so. Seen some of his training videos lately and some of the weights he's been putting up for multiple reps. And, um, you know, how I think he hit something in the like the 460, 470 range and just made it look so easy. Like, I, I think he's going to do it. I, um, I'm going to go the other way. You know, you can go, make it. Yeah. All right. I, I, I don't think he's going to make it. I think he gets it up to his knees. I don't think he locks it out. I, th- okay. I think he gets it like somewhere on the thigh. And I don't think he can lock it out. Um, and I mean, that's uh, that's not just because I want to go against your 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 opinion. I, I've watched some of his videos too, and then I also like uh, um, heard on an interview someone asking Eddie about it, and Eddie felt like Thor is behind where he was at this point in trying to break the record. So right. I'm going I'm going off of his expert opinion, obviously biased opinion, because you know you know also it's like he doesn't want him to do it. Like of course you don't want someone to break your record, you right. know. <laughs> But it's like, um, uh, but I, I kind of don't think he's going to do it. I think this is all going to be a big splash, a big argument. And if he doesn't do it, then that kind of settles this whole thing, you know, because we move yeah. on, we move on past the lockdown and the quarantine and we go back to competitions and, and, and then others, I think would be less likely to pop up and say they want to do this off of the possible embarrassment of being on ESPN and then not doing it, you know. So say he doesn't make it, what kind of backlash do you think he's going to get? Do you think this hurts him or do you think he uh, just moves on to the next thing? I, I think he's got thick enough skin, obviously, to move on to it. But I think he's going to have to, to eat it. You know, I think he's going to get a lot of crap, you know. But then again, most of that crap is going to come from keyboard warriors, you know, uh, and whatnot, you know, and people talking like this on podcasts. But I think I think – he won't lose too much respect from his peers and fellow competitors, or maybe if he does, because maybe just the fact that he tried, they might look at him a little differently. I think, I think it'll come back in time because those guys seem to also just be a pretty close knit group because there's not many of them, you know? And of course it's like in any family, you know, you're going to get in, you know, an argument with your brother, your sister, your cousin, and, you'd be mad for a little while, but then eventually you forgive because you realize that, okay, we've got each other. So I think he will get some flack from the other strongmen, but I think he'll come, he'll come correct after he doesn't do it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he set himself up well, cause I mean, he has just been out there like winning everything. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's not like he's some nobody out of nowhere. That's like a deadlift specialist coming out and he's like, all I've got is a strong deadlift and I'm going to, to set a world record like you know yeah yeah so i i think and he just won the arnold so yeah so i i think he he goes he's gonna go for it i would like to see it go up because i want to see it happen selfishly you know myself uh but i kind of have a feeling that this is all going to be a lot of argument and fighting and then he's gonna end up not doing it okay and then you want to see it go up and you think it's going to happen. All right. So I, we'll just, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. That's amazing. I know. Like, I just want to see it happen. I know. It's like, we, it's like, well, that's why it would just be super easy if we don't count it as a world record and you just do it. And then everyone's happy and everyone's behind you 100%, you know? And I think, I think there'd be, of course you don't have the record, but I think in that situation, you have all the respect, whether you make it or not. Right. So it's um it, it's it goes back to like CrossFit hosting CrossFit Games. It's like uh there's a good there's a way to save face on it and right. do what you want, and there's a way to not save face on it and have a lot of negativity come out of it. And who knows how that affects you mentally too going forward? Right. If you don't make 
Yep. Interesting. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's what coming up in May, right? Yeah, May second, I believe. Okay, May May second. Um, it's probably gonna be streamed everywhere, so we'll we'll find out. Yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll definitely see it. So. And you know, uh, Eddie Hall had Arnold there. So I don't think Thor is going to have Arnold. That's so maybe he's going to miss out on some of that magic. I feel like if Arnold Schwarzenegger is watching you, you, you deadlift that bar, you know, yeah. you make the lift. And I think I, I, I want to say, I remember Eddie Hall saying that in an interview, it was like Arnold was there and that like helped. Yeah. I, yeah. Imagine if you I were can't imagine it with her. And Arnold was there and whatnot. You're going to make that lift, right? You better. Yeah. You better. You better. <laughs> well, the, the last kind of thing we wanted to talk about was the shakeup going on here with the competition schedule for USA weightlifting to now involve uh, the Canadian Federation right. on doing some of these joint meets. Uh, you want to recap that? You seem to know it a little bit better than I do. Yeah. Well, so I was like flipping through um, some social media. I think it was it yesterday, the day before the news came out and uh, they, I saw a post, an article came out from USAW that said that they were, um, basically uh, dis, you know, kind of dismantling the American Open Series. Um, so the American Open Series is three meets that are like a, like a regional meet. Um, they have national judges, national level judges and whatnot there, but they have um, their three regional meets and then it culminates in a fourth meet at the end of the year, the American Open Finals. Um, so you can either qualify by total or uh, win one of the American open series meets and you'll be able to go to the American open finals. Um, so they're getting rid of that and they're going to join with Canada and cut it from the three uh, kind of regional meets down to two. So they're going to have a North American open East um, and a North American open West. And then they're going to have a North American open finals at the end of the year. Um, so it seems like they're going to, you know, branch out, get some more lifters in and, kind of broaden the sport to more than just, um, you know, just the U S and, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's affecting nationals or any, any of that. Um, that's kind of like a separate shakeup that seems that I'm kind of really excited about, but with uh, the nationals week, right? Yeah. So they're doing like all the national meets. So like, it was a very weird schedule and it seemed to like really put a lot of hiccups in a lot of the local meets, because it seemed like a lot of the guys that wanted to host meets locally for us anyway, they always had athletes that were going to, you know, under 25 and university nationals or junior nationals or, uh, you know, uh, youth senior and nationals, age. youth and whatever, like all these different national meets spread throughout the year. So now it looks like they're doing it all in one week. They haven't announced like when, um, but they're going to kind of compile it all into one week, ending with the senior national competition um on two platforms at the end of the at the end of the week which is going to be you know kind of condense all that so it'll be kind of fun uh, everybody can kind of train and peak together at the same time and that'll be kind of cool that it should open up the calendar i, I would think for a, you know some more of the local meets yeah i i think that is fantastic like just to kind of talk about that first with the nationals week where you have youth junior uh and senior all going in the same week I think that's better for the officials because I, I mean, like th those officials, those TOs, they have uh, such a crazy schedule. Like they have so many meets, they got to go all throughout the country and all throughout the world. Cause a lot of them, you know, go to the world events too. And they also, a lot of those same people go to the masters events as well. 
So I think doing that with the uh, Nationals Week is awesome for them. It makes total sense for coaches and athletes too. Because I mean, imagine if you're a gym and you have some school-age lifters that are going to school-age nationals and you have juniors and you have seniors. That's three plane tickets. That's hotels. That's coordinating all, all three different peaking schedules, you know, and programming. I mean, not that you're going to peak youths, you know, too much or anything like that, you know, right. but it's, it's still, it's like, that's a, I feel like this is going to make coaching more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's also going to make lives just easier. And that's how, that's how it should be. It's just be like, okay, we got to get one ticket. We got Susie, Billy, and Joe who are all lifting at, in three different age groups and we're just going to go out there for a week and get it done. And then the rest of our year is training and normal life and running the barbell club and, and train and, and doing that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I kind of see it from being kind of a plus from both sides, like from the administrative side, like how much money are they going to save by being able to put it all in one venue in one week? Definitely. You're not going to have to put up your, you know, you're not going to have to put up all this different money for all these different venues throughout the country and travel and all this other stuff. Um, you know, advertising, everything, it's all under one thing, right? You get your vendors there for one week, you get everybody there for one week. Um, and it would be, you know, kind of all said and done. And then from the coaching and athlete perspective, you know, I mean, take somebody like, like Travis mass, Travis smash, for example, right? Like he just had to kind of revamp everything he was doing because he was, I guess he said in a few podcasts, like he just wanted to spend more time with his family and focus on his youth athletes and all this other stuff because he had, you know, athletes going to worlds and nationals and all these other different things, you know, I mean, what's that, what kind of stress is that, right? That that's an incredible amount of stress, you know, so it's going to make it easier on coaches, um, which in turn will make it easier on the athletes, I think to, um, you know, just kind of have a, a more streamlined focus and then it'll help, you know, I mean, cause really, the barbell clubs that are out there, the gyms and the barbell clubs are what's growing the sport. So if they can make it easier on the gyms to, you know, focus and, and get the best out of their athletes by not spreading everybody so thin throughout the year, then, you know, it'll help grow the sport. Yeah. It's um, that they keep coming out with all these changes for USAW. And I think they're all great changes. I think that as an organization and in a sport in this country, we just keep getting more efficient. That's the word that I would, I would use. It pops in my head. Uh, and that's just high level efficiency right there. Everyone comes in, everyone goes. I think it's cool too, that maybe now if some of the juniors or the youths kind of stay for the week, or it's like, uh, you're just going to be there. You, then you get to watch like the, the seniors go and watch the big lifts go. And it, it's um, anytime you can get the whole community together and it's right. not like a segmented community, that's better. Because I, I imagine like if the CrossFit Games, they had the Masters Games at a separate time of the year. They had the, the teens at a separate time. And then they had the, you know, the, everyone else, the, the open category. Like right. it's a, now you're fragmenting the community instead of bringing everybody together for one big event. So I think community building wise, that's going to be a great thing too. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome week. Um, you know, I think it's, I th- I'm with you. I think it's a great idea in full support of that change. So I think it just makes everything a little bit less messy and, you know, cause I'm always there. Like I don't have the best memory. So like, I'm trying to, you know, remember what week is this mead? What week is, you know, that going on? When is this happening? And, you know, it all just kind of, you know, a lot of the big meets throughout for the year are going to be handled in, 
in one week. And then with this North American open thing, you know, getting rid of the third meet. So just having the two kind of qualifier series meets and then the one final just makes it again, a little bit easier to follow. Um, you know, it'll make it a little tougher for some people to travel because they are going to do one meet in Canada. It sounds like the, the North American series West meet will be in Canada. And then the series East meet is going to be in um, at the Arnold. So at least for this first year. So they're starting it next year. Uh, sounds like the Arnold is going to be the first one. And then, um, you know, later on in the year, they'll do the, the one out West. They haven't, I didn't see the location for that. And then they said the, the finals is going to be in December in Denver. So. And this will, this is going to be for the entire next quad Olympic cycle. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think, and I think that was a good, a good way for them to commit to it for, for an ex, a slightly extended period of time, but not saying like, this is the way it is going forward. You know, they left yeah. it open to kind of backtrack it if they have to, you know, so it's only temporary. Yeah. And I think, I think you got to give it a couple of years to kind of see if it's really going to work, you know, monitor, the, monitor the attendance, you know, see how the results are going, how, what's the community feedback. And what I really like about it now is that, you know, we can go to Canada, right? And now if, right. if, if we qualify for, you know, the, the event in Canada, we decide to go out there, you know, that's now a taste of international competition mm-hmm. as opposed to just kind of being like in our own backyard with American lifters and people we know we've seen it meets. Now you've got, now you're like on the platform warming up in the back room with a guy that, that is only speaking French. You know, like yeah. I know when, when Kim and I went to, to Montreal and Gatsby, there were a lot of people there that didn't speak English mm-hmm. and, and you just hear them talking and then you wonder if they're talking about you and things like that, you know, <laughs> while, while you're warming up. So it's like, yeah, I think that's going to be a great growing experience to get Americans even deeper into the international stage and get coaches coaching at meets on a semi-international stage. I really like that move. Right. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, it's, you know, they, they did a great job when it was the American open series of, of going to different cities and, you know, they'd be in Salt Lake and Vegas and they were in King of Prussia and Daytona. And, you know, so they, they got us kind of all over the country and stuff, but, um, it'll be, it's cool that they're branching out. I'm excited to see what the Canadian Federation brings to it. Like we kind of know what USAW is about, but it'd be, it'll be cool to see what, what they bring to the table too. You know, because I'm sure they've got a ton of good lifters up there, and I'm sure they've got plenty of good ideas and stuff of their own. So it'll be kind of kind of neat to see how they do things, and then, um, you know, see where this goes in a couple of years. And who knows? I mean, it can't get much bigger than this because then you're into Pan Am territory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who know? Who knows what it'll eventually turn into? Maybe eventually, you know, other countries will be involved somehow, and yeah, it'll just be like a, a whole thing that just continues to evolve. But I think it's good also to just share the resources, you know, with Canada, get more people into North American meets, so to say. And I wonder too, like with Canada, like, will they use different equipment? Uh, is it still going to be a rogue thing? You know, or are we going to have a Laco or some other brand at those meets? That, that'll just be cool, yeah. you know, and just kind of see the vibe that they create, like you said. So what do, so what do you think now that there's multiple countries involved? Do we have to have like international judges? Or how do you think they'll handle the judging? Uh, I, I imagine that it'll probably be like, I know that at, at the, the meet in Montreal, a lot of our people went up there, you know, from the States to, to officiate that meet. A lot of the people that you're seeing at like the AO 
and nationals and whatnot. Like they're they're also like world level tos and, and and refs. So like we have a lot of legit people from the states, and I think that they'll just probably go to those events. I hope that if they are doing that, that they make it lucrative for them, and they get good compensation. And I also think that there'll be officials from Canada coming in who are like high level judges. So that they they'll probably be stricter meets i'd imagine yeah. you know like uh like it, it's like you're at an international event you know right yeah do you, do you think that um do, do you think that it'll be i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say is like with the additional lift like the qualification process do you think they're going to make it have to make a ton of changes to that because of the extra lifters that are going to be in the pool now like i don't know I how many so. people weight lift in canada but i'm assuming you know it's big enough they have a federation so yeah. I, I mean, I know when, when we've gone to the Canadian masters meets, uh, there's ton of masters weightlifters in Canada. So I imagine that it's, it's the same for the senior category. And I, I think that the qualify qualifying totals will probably go up like for sure. Yeah. Like it, it won't be, you know, and I, I wonder too, if, and this will probably be a good thing if you kind of see some of those lower sessions kind of go away mm-hmm. where like maybe the cutoff is like a D session so you have A, B, C, D, but there's no like, you know, like how, how low does it go? H, I, J? Uh, it depends on the weight class. You know, some of those weight classes that have, I think what was a shop's weight class, um, what, 81 men yeah. was like, they went down to like, yeah, like J or K. So. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so I, I kind of I think, you know, uh, not, not to be mean, I kind of think that you trim the fat and you have a higher level of competition and it's an international feel to the meet. It might not be a real international meet, you know, like your Pan Ams or something like that. But I think getting Americans to cross the border and do that kind of a thing is good for the sport in our country. Because, hey, if you want to be Maddie Rogers or Damron or any of these people, you've got to get a passport and mm-hmm. you've got to go and you got to throw down against people from other countries. You can't wait for them to come to you. You might have to travel to do this. So I think, I think you'll see a more serious type of lifter going to those meets too versus like oh this is going to be like party time you know we're going to the arnold we're going to go out drinking and stuff after and that type of stuff so i think the the level and the mindset of the lifters going will be different especially if you cut out those lower type of sessions yeah i mean i expect the qualification totals to go up every year they always go up a couple um you know i'm wondering if they're going to have to make a a big jump you know like something substantial because i think a couple years ago when we went the qualification total for our weight class was like like 213 or something like that and i think it only went up to like by this year it was only like 217 so it wasn't much um you know but if they made it like 230 or 240 you know would trim out a lot of lifters like you said out of those like e and d sessions yeah i am um, i don't know in comparison like what was the the ao finals qualifying total mm-hmm. versus what one of the open series qualifying total was i imagine you would look at what the standard is in Canada and you would look at what the standard is for last year in the States. And then you would probably put it somewhere below that a little bit, you know, like not obviously at that high of a level, cause mm-hmm. you still want, you know, you, you don't want to have too high of a barrier of entry. Right. But I, so I think it'd be somewhere below it, but definitely above what we have now. Right. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, you know, it depends on where they're going to host those Canadian meets, but we'll definitely be back at the Arnold and then, you know, hopefully, hopefully you can make a trip out to Canada would be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And I mean, you, you're going out to Canada and you know, it's like I said before, the different mindset of the lifter that's going to go to that meet in Canada and cross, okay. cross the border. When you go to that meet, you are probably going to have a feeling of like, oh man, I'm representing my country now. Team USA. You know, you may not be wearing the singlet. You better have some red, white, and blue spangled bannered socks and underwear on, you know, but I think, I think that it's going to, it's going to feel different. It's going to have a little more prestige to it. And, and I think it'll be the same for the Canadians who are coming down, you know, into the States to do that one. They're like, all right, we're coming to represent our country now. And that is an experience that most lifters have never had before, you know, unless, unless you've, you've gone to one of those meets or you've done it in another sport, it's, it's going to be totally different. So I like it. I think it's going to be, I think it's great growth with both of these things that are going on. Do you think anything um, negative will come out of the fact that they're trimming an entire meat out of that schedule, how they went from essentially having four down to three? Uh, no, you know, I mean, I, I think the, the open series was new enough that like we went so many years without it before, you know? Yeah. And I, I think the people that are, are complaining are, probably not ones that are going to take, you know, like these new meets as seriously and be going to them. I, you know, I think it's going to be like people again in the lower sessions where this was like a fun trip for you, but it's like, okay, like you can do that with any local meet, you know? Uh, I, I, but I think the people who are going to take it a little more seriously and be willing to cross the border are going to be okay with it. I think the people who are going to complain aren't going to be willing to travel. And in that case, it's like, Hey, like we have to make this growth with you or without you. And I think it's going to be more positive than, than negative. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. I, I'm, you know, you know me, I'm always got something on schedule. I text you about the next like four meets I want to do this year and we don't even have anything official. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, I'll do whatever, but um, yeah, I can't wait to see how, how it works out. And you know, I, th- I, the last thing I want to say about it is I think it'll draw more, more of the higher, caliber lifters because now that they're getting Canada involved I don't know if it'll change it I, I have to take a look but maybe it'll bump up um the you know how they have like the tiers for the yeah like for the, the roby maybe, points right maybe it'll make it like a silver level event instead of a bronze or something you know so maybe you might get more um bigger lifters going to these meets yeah and that's that's great too like give them give them a reason to go out for it you know I, I know I know a lot of what the decisions that are made are probably with that in mind, like what, what's going to be good for our team, what's going to be good for up and coming lifters that are eventually going to make the team and make it possible someday to see someone with a gold medal around their neck at the Olympics. Uh, So it's not, it's not for you or me, you know, it's, 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 it's for those people. So I think, um, I think that is in the play and then why not make it better for them too, you know, and we'll all still benefit from it. So if that means elevating those meats to a silver from a bronze, do it. You know, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. I, I don't know what, what it is, what the requirements are to make it a bronze level qualifier. I'm just curious if maybe, maybe that's part of the reason that, you know, cause I don't know if Canada came to us or we went to Canada and who came up with this idea, but you know, I'm, I'm assuming there's some a reason behind it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. If I had to guess on where the idea came from, I'm going to say that we went to them Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say that Phil Andrews, who has already made so many great progressive changes in USA weightlifting, saw this opportunity and was like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, like let's like, I imagine he's like in his apartment in the quarantine, 
He's got these maps and diagrams all over the wall on how to make <laughs> USAW better. And like, he's, he just, he sits in his chair and takes a swig of whiskey. I don't know if he drinks whiskey. And then he like sees it through the glass, like on the board. And he's like, that's it. Oh my goodness. You know? And, and he, he leaps up. Yeah. He leaps up and starts drafting the letter and whatnot. I can totally see that happening because he, he's the one I, I feel like whenever I see something new coming out, I assume it was his idea. I don't know if that's yeah. true. You know, he's a very smart guy. So I, 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 that's, that's my, my assumption that he thought of it and it probably didn't go down as the way I glorified it, but I feel like he's the one that, that probably got the wheel rolling and then reached out to Canada. And it's such a good idea that I feel like if we did reach out to Canada, Canada was like, oh yeah, why aren't we doing that already? We should totally yeah. pull our resources together and make all of our lifters better and have fun and grow the sport. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's going to accomplish all of those things. So I'm excited for it. Awesome. Well, to recap, uh, we got the support your local box. Uh, for those listening, hey, if you're doing the support your local box workouts, maybe you type in for one of those times, uh, Albany CrossFit or CrossFit Sona, mm-hmm. help out, you know, help out our gyms during this difficult time and just enjoy the workouts for the CrossFit games. Uh, I believe I said, I think that they're going to still have it, but they're going to just grandstand now and eventually have to move it. Uh, I don't think they'll cancel it. I don't think it'll be online. And you said, what was your final verdict? I think, I think they're going to go through with it. So they're going to go through with it at aromas. At the, schedule, th- at the previously established time? I think so. Why not? Okay. Uh, for the strongman controversy, we both want to see that deadlift go up. Yep. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it, though. And you think he's going to do it. Yep. So we'll find out May 2nd. And then with this, uh, this latest change for USA Weightlifting, uh, we love it. It's great. Four thumbs up. Yeah. Four, four <laughs> yeah. thumbs up. There we go. Well, awesome. Uh, Frank, thanks for coming on again. Uh, this yeah, is our absolutely. first our first Barbell Stories episode. I think it went well, so we'll have to keep doing them. And like I said, I'm going to make those changes on the type of shows that I'm putting out. i got to find different cool graphics to do it with. Uh, where can people follow you? Uh, Frank underscore Ford underscore on Instagram. Awesome. So make sure you follow Frank. Uh, follow the show, The Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Follow me if you'd like, uh, James A. McDermott on Instagram. And if you have time, and if you feel like we deserve it, go on to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star rating for the show and maybe even a review, some kind words. I've already had a bunch of listeners uh, private message me, slip into the DMs just to tell me that we're doing a good job. So that it's uh, uh, any, any feedback is good feedback. So uh, let us know what you think. Thank you so much for listening. Frank, till next time. See you, James. Thanks a lot.